This afternoon I preach to you the gospel as the church summarizes and confesses it in Lord's Day 15 of the Heidelberg Catechism, considering the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Looked at his person, now we look at his work. It was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, it was Lord's Day 14, and then Lord's Day 15 talks about his suffering under Pontius Pilate as judge. That's page 529 in the book of Praise. Here the church confesses, what do you confess when you say that he suffered? During all the time he lived on earth, but especially at the end, Christ bore in body and soul the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race. Thus by his suffering, as the only atoning sacrifice, he has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation and obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. Why did he suffer under Pontius Pilate as judge? Though innocent, Christ was condemned by an earthly judge, and so he freed us from the severe judgment of God that was to fall on us. Does it have a special meaning that Christ was crucified and did not die in a different way? Yes, thereby I am assured that he took upon himself the curse which lay on me, for a crucified one was cursed by God. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a substitute is someone who takes the place of another person. There is a book called The Whipping Boy by Sid Fleshman, that refers to a time in England when it, believed, when it was believed that no one but the king had the right to punish young princes for their general misbehavior. In order to discourage a prince's rebellion and misbehavior, when it was inconvenient for the king himself to punish his son, then another boy was chosen as a whipping boy. And every time the prince did something wrong, the whipping boy would receive the punishment for what the prince had done. And although this practice doesn't exist anymore, it helps us to get an idea of what we mean when we call Jesus Christ a substitute who satisfies God's justice by bearing our punishment for us and in our place. And that's exactly what we confess about our Lord Jesus Christ in Article 20 of the Belgic Confession. There's a beautiful statement. I'll read it to you. It says, God therefore manifested his justice against his son when he laid our iniquity on him and poured out his goodness and mercy on us who were guilty and worthy of damnation. Out of a most perfect love, he gave his son to die for us. The beautiful confession that we were able to make. And when we read the Gospels about how God crushed his son, how God let his son taste rejection, see disbelief, and undergo injustice and violence and extreme sadness and even abandonment, 
We need to understand that in all this, Jesus Christ was innocent and we are the ones who actually deserve the punishment for the sins that we have committed. Today, as we look at Matthew's gospel, let us reflect together on what our sins deserve and how blessed we are to know Jesus Christ as our substitute who bore this wrath for us in our place. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, our Lord Jesus bore God's wrath in our place. And we'll see that he was condemned by the Jewish leaders, crucified by Pilate, and cursed for us. John begins his gospel. He sums up the, the whole life of suffering of Jesus Christ when he said that the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him. Jesus could say, that's the story of my life. The Gospels go on to show how Jesus could, could see and experience the wrath of God against sin and the illnesses that he saw around him, the demon possession, the selfishness, the false piety, the ignorance, and even the arrogant refusal to believe that he is the promised Messiah. The passage we read in Matthew explains what we mean when we confess that everything Jesus had faced earlier in his life became more intense and painful, especially at the end of his life. At the end of his life, everyone left him. The whole council of leaders, sometimes called the Sanhedrin, they all agreed that they wanted Jesus to be dead. Now think about that. When, when we face opposition in our work or in our school or to our ideas, we can always find at least a few people who will back us up and then we can usually brush, brush off the opposition to say that, well, you can't please everyone. But Jesus Christ did not have this comfort. Everyone was against him. Even if they felt, may have felt bad about it later, no one believed that it was worth it to stand up for him, to defend him. Our Lord Jesus faced a, a wall of opposition, and Matthew emphasizes that. He talks about the whole council. And then he lists in verse 20, 57, 59 and chapter 27, verse 1, he, he lists it, the high priest, the chief priests, the elders of the people, even the scribes or the experts in the law, the men he had so carefully, patiently, and lovingly ministered to, the very people he had come to save, they ganged up against him, they determined that they, he needed to be killed. And there before the council, scribes, Chief priests and elders, our Lord Jesus felt what it is like to be guilty according to the judgment of the law of God. He felt the shame that we feel when we compare the Ten Commandments with our lives, like Isaiah felt when he stood before the Holy God and recognized his own unclean lips. He felt the weight of the pronouncement of God that a sinner deserves death, verse 66 of chapter 26. 
That's also what we feel when we think about the wicked things that we have done to offend God. He listened to many false witnesses. He heard them twist his words to make him look like a menace to the faith. He heard the charge of blasphemy uttered against him, a charge that condemned him as a man fighting against God himself, as we often do when we use the name of the Lord in vain. He felt the eyes of his accusers upon him in their hate-filled delight to see him condemned like we may feel when our consciences repeat the devil's accusations against us. Jesus felt what it was like to be a guilty man before the rulers of the church, to be cast out from their presence, bound and led away to the Roman governor. Jesus also experienced God's wrath against him and against sin when God deprived him of the joy of being thanked for his suffering and his sacrifice on the cross. Psalm 22 talks about cruelty. The Lord Jesus endured cruelty. Jesus' countrymen never understood the true purpose for his birth They constantly rejected the need for his death. Matthew tells us in chapter 27, verse 18, that Pilate knew that the Jews, the Jewish leaders were acting out of envy. That tells you about what the people were thinking. What were they envious of? What were they considering important? That they were envying that Jesus had something. They were ignorant about Jesus' person and work And they only saw him as a possible threat to their authority. And they did not see him as a Messiah and a Savior. Their envy also revealed the ignorance of all the people that Jesus ministered to. Because it shows us that they valued power and politics more than service and love. Everybody was giving priority to their own selfish desires and comforts. They totally miss the the true message of Jesus' preaching and his miracles. It's in this context when when the strong bulls and dogs gathered around him like we sang in Psalm 22, verse 12 and 16. That's that's in the scriptures, Psalm 22, verses 12 and 16 with these strong bulls and dogs gathering around him, looking to devour him like a lion. It's in that context that Matthew mentions that even Peter, who although he didn't flee away with the other disciples, he denied that he knew Jesus three times. And the rooster crowed. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And Jesus could see that he was the only one who thought that his death was valuable. No one supported Jesus' mission. It looked like no one even wanted him to save them, to suffer under the wrath of God. The Gospels often highlight this misunderstanding. Not even his disciples really understood, and and so Jesus suffered 
And finally, as, as he was standing there before Pilate's judgment seat and his hand-washing bowl, the Jews showed the depth of their hatred when all the people said, his blood be on us and on our children. It was a cutting way to tell Jesus not only that they were justified in wanting him dead, but that they also didn't want his blood to cover their sins. If killing Jesus is a sin, they said, we and our children will pay for our sins ourselves. Jesus, your ministry has borne no fruit. We will not believe that you came from heaven. We will not believe that you alone can help us. The only thing more useless than your life is your death because we believe that even if we're wrong about killing you, we can pay the price and still enter into heaven. That's what the sound of those words were in the ears of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus heard the Jews condemn and reject him, he knew that it was his Father in heaven who was punishing him and mocking him as part of his punishment. When they spit in his face, we can see how thoroughly God the Father hates sin. As they struck him, Jesus could feel in his body the curse of the Psalms that speak curses against those who reject God. As he was slapped and mocked for considering himself to be a prophet, he felt the anger of God against false prophets and dirty, worthless sinners who dedicate their lives to taking away the glory from the Heavenly Father. Jesus heard the predetermined accusations. He saw the hate-filled desire to rid the earth of him. He felt the, blow, the blows on his body. And all the time he knew that although he was condemned by the highest council of the Jewish people, it really was his Father in heaven who was condemning him. And we confess in Lord's Day 15 that the decision of the Jewish council to damn Jesus Christ by excommunicating him from the synagogue and handing him over to be killed, it still did not completely manifest the wrath of God against the sins of mankind. God's punishment went beyond being put out of the church. And in order to bear that wrath completely, in order to be a complete substitute, Jesus also needed to be condemned by an earthly judge. And we see that he was crucified by Pilate. After a long night of false accusations and mockery, Jesus was judged to be deserving of damnation and death. So the council bound Jesus, they led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. We confess that it was God's plan that the Roman governor should make the final decision because he was the one who officially bore the sword of God at that time. Matthew shows that Pilate even had the desire, the power to set Jesus free. 
27 verse 11 says that he knew that he knew Jesus claims to be king of the Jews. 27 verse 17 shows that he knew that Jesus claimed to be the Christ, the Messiah. He knew that the Jews were unable to, to show that Jesus had done any evil. 27 verse 23. And then we see that Pilate did not condemn Jesus because he had done anything wrong, but because Jesus was causing a disturbance among his own Jewish people. And Pilate was worried about his own position. Pilate did not act as a fair judge. And yet Jesus knew that this was part of God's punishment against sin, against our sins. And he amazed Pilate by refusing to answer the accusations. Our Lord knew that he had come to be judged and condemned by God through an earthly judge for us and in our place. And so like a lamb led to the slaughter in his great love for us, for you, he did not open his mouth as he was led away to be crucified. Crucifixion was a Roman form of punishment. And whether the Romans believed the same thing or not, the law of God teaches in Deuteronomy 21 verse 23 that a crucified person was cursed by God. So when the Jews cried out, let him be crucified, crucify him. They were shouting, let him be cursed by God and by man. Let him be removed from the face of the earth. Let him feel the severe judgment of God against sin. Let the wrath of God fall on him. Let him be eternally damned. The Jews got what they wanted. The earthly Judge's sentence made it official. It happened. The wrath of God against sin is complete. It's horrible. We sang a little bit about the suffering in Psalm 22. Maybe you were reflecting on how much that psalm pointed to the suffering on the cross. It was the suffering that was felt physically by the nails that were driven in the hands, the strain on the muscles, the difficulty breathing led to death. The wrath of God was felt emotionally in the shame of being hung naked in front of crowds of people who looked upon your bloody, beaten body as a shameful, worthless criminal who was only getting what he deserves. And it was felt, the wrath of God against sin was felt spiritually because you could know that God himself had abandoned you. And that after the suffering on the cross, you could only look forward to eternity in the gloomy darkness and the anguish of hell. And although we know very well that we deserve this punishment for our sins, it was Jesus who experienced it fully in the body that he had taken upon himself at Christmas. He felt the burden of God's wrath against the sin of the whole human race. 
When Pontius Pilate made the pronouncement, there could be no doubt that God himself had judged him and cursed him for our sins that were upon his shoulders. Jesus heard the sentence and he knew it was an official declaration of his Father in heaven who placed the governor named Pilate and that government at that place and at that time for him. It was his Father's will to crush him, says Isaiah 53, verse, says Isaiah 53. It was his Father's will that he should die, and the Lord Jesus knew that as he left Gethsemane. It was the plan that Jesus knew ahead of time, in which he resolutely walked. And although the word blame is probably not the right word, if you want to blame anybody for the death of Jesus Christ, don't blame the Jews or the Romans, but blame yourselves, your sins, which have offended God Almighty. Blame the holiness, the justice of God, his desire to live in, in peace with his creatures, God's hatred of, of the horrible rebellion of sin that attacks his glory, that, that ruins all that he made. The holiness that makes him punish sin. Blame the, the love of God for us when he sent his own son to die on a cross to remove sin and death from his kingdom and yet set us free to enjoy it. The Son of God willingly took on human flesh. He voluntarily subjected himself to the wrath of God so that you don't have to. The love and the assurance that we get from Christ's suffering, that's the focus of our confession as believers. The focus of our confession in Lord's Day 15, he was cursed for us. The gospel message that I proclaim to you today is that although we deserve all that suffering that Jesus Christ endured, he endured it for us in our place. You see, if we had been dragged before the Jewish council, if we had been dragged before that Sanhedrin, if we had been judged according to the law of God, we would have been condemned as guilty, as unworthy of being saved. And so what a blessing it is to know and to confess that although God's curse lay on us because of those sins so that we deserve his severe judgment and, and the punishment of eternal damnation, Christ Jesus came as our substitute to bear God's wrath for us. Matthew highlights this gospel. He makes it clear throughout his gospel that Jesus did not undergo any of this suffering because of his own sins. It was clear that Jesus Christ was suffering for us as our substitute because it was so clear that he was innocent. The witnesses who were called in were false. 
He was charged for blasphemy for telling the truth about his own resurrection. For he had been talking about his body as a temple of God, not about the structure in Jerusalem. He was condemned not for doing wrong, but for being the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior that God had sent to take the punishment for us. Judas Iscariot, his own betrayer, knew that he had betrayed innocent blood in his desire to be rich. The blood money disgusted him. His own wickedness depressed him. He hung himself. Pilate knew that Christ Jesus was innocent. His wife had a dream and, and concluded that Jesus was a righteous or an innocent man. She suffered much during the night at the thought that Jesus would be condemned. She warned her husband. He washed his hands. He let the Jews take Jesus' blood upon them and on their children. And no one could deny that Jesus, the preacher of love, the preacher of self-sacrifice, the, pre the preacher of unity and sincerity in worship, he was innocent and Barabbas was guilty. He was not condemned for committing any sin, but for being the son of God who told the truth, who did everything right. And normally when we see such an injustice, it makes us sick. It shows what is wrong with our world, where pride and envy and violence rule. The injustice that Jesus suffered could, could make us very angry if we didn't know that he offered himself voluntarily exactly for this purpose. Exactly because of his love for undeserving sinners. Even when he had the opportunity to be set free or delay the trial, he did not make use of it. He was silent before his accusers. He came with the intention of satisfying God's justice. He, he came with the intention of bearing that mockery and that cruelty. The punishment of God against sins that you and I deserve he had to suffer, become the only atoning sacrifice like we confess because God in his great love had decided beforehand to save his elect. And now instead of being angry at the injustice, we are filled with an overflowing, a deep, a sincere thankfulness to God for his loving willingness to come into the world, to bear all this punishment, eternal damnation, anguish for us in our place. When we see Christ's suffering, we see God's love. When we read Matthew 26 and 27, our, our hearts burst with thanksgiving for the grace of God. And the Gospels give such a detailed description so that we might be fully assured, so that we might be fully comforted that we never need to suffer any detail 
of that which he suffered. And brothers and sisters, sometimes it happens that we fear that the Lord will punish us because of our weakness, because of our sins, because of our rebellion. And the good news that I proclaim to you today is that when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you hide himself in him, when you receive all that he has done for you, then you can know that the suffering is done. Jesus suffered in your place. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ, whoever depends on him, can know that all their sins have already been punished. You never have to be excommunicated from the church of the living God for the sins that you hate and flee from. Jesus received the punishment for all believers who have been sentenced by the civil authorities. The church has a a great message of hope for criminals who repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ. We have a great motivation to be active in prison ministries. We can say we have a Savior that suffered that in our place. And the only thing that believers need to receive from God now is blessing. In the Old Testament, God's face said to shine upon people in anger sometimes, but when we meet together in a worship service, his face shines upon us in blessing. That's what we receive from God. Jesus Christ is our substitute. The curse which lay on us no longer lays on us. We are forgiven. We are set free in Jesus Christ. And so now as we gather together as God's people, we read the form for the Lord's Supper. We read about the self-examination. We hear the invitation and the admonition used by the church in preparation for Lord's Supper. Prepare yourselves for the celebration with somber and with serious hearts, with Jesus Christ suffering in, in your mind? Do you realize what your sins deserve? Are you heartily sorry for them? Do you believe Jesus Christ's only atoning sacrifice saves you from eternal damnation and that his perfect righteousness is yours if you believe in him? Do you strive to live in a dependence, in dependence on Jesus Christ's blood, to live in the forgiveness of your sins and in self-sacrificial love as you struggle against your sins? Those are the questions of self-examination. Do we embrace Jesus Christ who suffered for you? If you truly believe him, believe all this, then you can be fully assured that Jesus Christ bore God's wrath in your place and obtained for you as we confess the grace of God, righteousness, and everlasting life. Amen.